Our New Testament reading is taken from Hebrews chapter 2, and I will be reading verses 14 through 18. Again, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. Brothers and sisters, let us continue to prepare our hearts to hear and receive the word of the Lord. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect so that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people because he himself was tested by what he suffered. He is able to help those who are being tested. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul. Rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Let us pray. Creator God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, continue to open up our spiritual ears so that we might hear you, if only a word. Lord, continue to open up our spiritual eyes so we might see you, if only a glimpse. And Lord, I pray that you would soften these hardened hearts so that we would receive your word and not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray and let this body say it together. Amen. Good morning, church. God is good. All the time. Amen. I am honored, I'm excited to be before you today. This truly is the day that the Lord has made, and let us all rejoice and be glad in it. I am, my name is Sharon, and I am a fourth-generation Presbyterian. So as you all are sharing stories about first women doing first things in Black History Month. I just want to share a little bit about my family. My great-grandmother, Ernestine, lived in the city of New Orleans, her and her husband, and they had two children, and they, they decided to go to a church, 
And it just so happened to be a Presbyterian church. And in this particular church in the city of New Orleans, at that time in our history, blacks were not allowed to be on the main floor with the rest of the worshiping congregants. And so they were up in the balconies. And so it came a a, a time that these balconies started filling up with black folk. So at some point in a presbytery meeting or in a general assembly, the story is that this church decided, Pastor Matt, that they had to do something different because those pews in the balcony, they were filling up. So what should we do? And so it was decided that they would build them their own church. So in the city of New Orleans is Berin Presbyterian Church. It was and is still the only black Presbyterian Church in the city of New Orleans. And so that was my great-grandmother, and she had two children, um, Joseph and Ruth. Joseph would marry Edna in Berin, and they would have 12 children. My mom being the oldest... And at and so I gave part of the story away. So my mom was the oldest. At the 11th child, they named him Samuel Omega. My grandfather said, this is it. But then four years later, they had Aaron, Aaron Hiram. And then so my mom, she moved to Detroit, my mother and father, and they had me and my brother. And I was raised down the street. I was raised on the east side of Detroit, but I, I grew up at Gratiot Avenue which you all know is right, Gratiot and Burns. And so I am excited to be a part of this denomination. I tell people I'm a fourth generation. That means a lot and doesn't mean anything at all. Because if I don't know God as my Lord and Savior, it means nothing. And so I am here to talk to you about the joy of worship. And today, for many people, is a very joyous day. And I'm not talking about being here in worship, but there are some people getting ready for a Super Bowl. I don't know if you've heard about it. (laughs) But there's a Super Bowl, so there are some people out there who are very joyous. and, And unfortunately, the New Orleans Saints are not a part of that group. But let's let's go on past that. So there's some folks out there that are joyous because of this Super Bowl. And I would imagine that probably first quarter, second quarter, that joy for some will start to diminish. Because this is the joy that the world offers us. And then I heard of a young man who who won the lottery, hit the mega millions, and, and he was joyous. But it was only a matter, a matter of years later that this money would be squandered. And so now that joy has diminished. Because again, brothers and sisters, this is a joy that the world offers. So when you read in scripture or you look in your bulletin, the joy of worship, I'm talking about a joy our God offers. And that joy is eternal. I'm reminded of the story when Mary 
the mother of Jesus, went to go see her cousin Elizabeth. And uh, uh, in the midst of the meeting of the greeting, Scripture tells us that Elizabeth's baby jumped inside of her belly. Just being in the presence of our Lord and Savior causes a certain excitement. And I know that we are, or, or not all of us, but the Presbyterian Church is known as the frozen chosen. And some of you I know embrace that a lot. But I'm here to, to tell you that when you're in the midst of our Lord and Savior, there is a certain joy. And, and, and you don't have to leap up out of your seats because I know, because I've been around a long time, that the spirit inside of you is leaping. I'm reminded on that road to Emmaus, after Jesus had left them, the brother, the brother said, didn't our hearts burn when he was with us? Church, there is a joy, there is a burning sensation when you are in the midst of Jesus, when you are in the midst of our Lord and Savior, there is a joy that happens. And so we are gathered here in this worship service. And so when we gather, we're here for different reasons. Somebody is here because their spouse said, you know this is what you have to do on Sunday morning. Somebody is here because you knew that they were going to sing your song, or you're in the choir and you have to sing this song. Somebody is here because they're empty this morning, and they need to be filled. Somebody is here because they're, they're on fire. I challenge each and every one of you to look into your word and, and remember or find where it says, brothers and sisters, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves. It is Jesus. It is our Lord and Savior. It is God who invites us to worship. And we are faithful when we, when we gather as brothers and sisters, as believers, some non-believers. We are faithful when we gather in this space. But this is not the only place where we worship. Amen? When we leave this place in our cars, we worship. When we're at home in our private spaces, we worship. When we're on our jobs, sometimes we worship. The scripture says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So I challenge you to worship God always. And so if we are in the midst, we're in a different time, church. We're in a time when the church is being challenged. We are the church. Scripture says that we are, the church is, the body of Christ. And God has appointed Jesus as the head of this body. So there's a rumor out there that the church is dying. And therefore, folks are, are 
losing their joy. And I would challenge you this morning and tell you that the church is not dying, that we serve a living God. Amen? I've been in church a while, and I've been in some services, I have to admit, and this is the point where where I I say warning, I'm about to step on some toes. I, I do that. Step on some toes. You know, like if you're dancing, you're doing a tango, and every now and then you might step on a toe, so I'm going to step on a toe. But sometimes in the church, it may be difficult to discern if we serve a living God or not. On Sunday morning, I'm like, am I in a funeral or am I in this worship service? Meaning, are we a Good Friday church that we're still mourning a, a, a Christ that is on the cross? Are we resurrected? Are we serving a living God? Church, we serve a living God. Somebody say amen. That just means you agree that let it be. It is so. We serve a living God, and that is good news. Tap your neighbor and say good news. Because that's what folks are wondering. Where is the good news? Our pews are not full like they used to. Don't worry about that. You do what God has called you to do. You pray, God, use me. Help me to be the person you have called me to be. And then as a church, you're praying, help us to be the church you have called us to be. And then the good news is God will fill you and you will leave from this place being love. Amen. Being mercy. Being grace. Being the church God has called you to be. And so if you're feeling like, hey, I'm missing that joy. I'm here to tell you, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm missing that fire. You are in the right place. Tap your neighbor, say, wake up, she's almost done. (laughs) I, I see you out there. I'm almost done. You are in the right place. You right now are in the midst of God's presence. And I'm reminded of another story in the Bible that you all know about Martha and Mary. And Martha was busy. Jesus is right there in the midst, and she's busy doing this and doing that. She's doing things that needs to be done. In this day and age, Pastor Matt, she might be on four committees. You see what I'm saying? She's on four committees. You know, she's working at a job, you know, maybe taking care of a family. She's busy doing good things, but Martha had become distracted, distracted by many things. And that's where a lot of our churches are today. We're distracted by many things. But the good news is we serve a loving God. We serve a God who said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And all we have to do is remove the distractions. Church, I challenge you to go to that quiet place and spend some time with your Lord and Savior. And your Lord and Savior will give you that joy 
that you are missing. God loved us, and I say loved, and still loves us so much that he gave his only son that in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our sin, his son came down to die on the cross for us. But not only did he die, he rose on that third day. And because he lives, somebody say he lives. We have the right to eternal life. And this joy is joy that the world cannot take away. So it may be the first quarter, the second quarter, the world cannot take your joy away. Brothers and sisters, this is the day and the time is now for us to be the people God has called us to be. There, you know there are things happening in the world. We see it on the news. There was a, a bus accident, I think yesterday, where some high school basketball girls team, um, it flipped over and they were injured, so we need to keep them in our prayers. There's an attack on prayers, thoughts and prayers. Folks say they don't need that anymore. But we are people of faith and we know that God hears our prayers. And with those prayers, we put them into action. Amen? Because we are hearers and doers of the word. Church, the day is today. And the time is now to be the church that God has called us to be. And there is joy in that. Don't miss out on it. It's all for you. Amen.